0: Welcome to this week's Energy Show! This week, we're going to be talking about utility power plants. You know, those big plants outside cities that provide power, historically powered by coal, nuclear, and now more recently, natural gas. These are the plants that utilities have been building for over 100 years. They've served us terrifically well for over a century. The problem for utilities And the problem for the ratepayers, who pay the bills for the utilities, is that these old plants are obsolete. Even the ones that were fairly recently built. They're too expensive to operate and maintain compared to newer technologies. Another problem is that even the new plants that are under construction or being planned for construction are going to be obsolete soon. New power-generating and distributing technologies are cheaper than the old ones. And the technology is rapidly improving. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So, the technology of power generation, solar, wind, battery storage, the grid of the future, evolving really fast. We haven't seen evolutions like that in the power generating business you know, forever. It's been a really slow moving business. Now that pace has changed. Now, the big problem for consumers, for businesses, and homeowners. It's an economic problem. The Utilities generally don't care that much about the cost of their plants. They pass the cost of the plants on to ratepayers. So, if it turns out that a plant's a lot more expensive than they thought, the ratepayers are going to pay more for electricity, and the, the utilities still get the profit on that. That's why the utilities are still thinking about and still have plans on the drawing board for nuclear and coal plants. These plants have an inertia. They start building them. It's going to take 10 more years. They're going to get done. By the time they're going to get done, they're going to be so obsolete. It's going to be Stone Age. And it's hard for the utilities to admit that they made a mistake by building these obsolete plants. They make big commitments to build them. They go through rate analyses. They start the construction. And it turns out by the time they get going, they're dead. This is something that we call stranded assets. The utilities are going to have an asset that really doesn't pay off that well, and they're going to try and get the ratepayers to pay for these higher bills through their electricity costs. And this isn't changing, so let's take a look at some of these coal, these nuclear and gas plants. Now, coal plants, they're shutting down left and right. In 2018, there's going to be 20 coal plants that are going to be shut down. Why? Because they're just too expensive compared to natural gas, wind, and solar. More are slated for termination over the next few years. Now, it's simple economics. In spite of the White House's promotion of coal, 88% of the current coal plants that were built before 1980 are at the end of their service life, and they were designed to work for 30 or 40 years. Get to that point, they're just, they have to be fixed up. They have to be changed. The boilers have to be updated. Everything needs to be revised. It makes no sense at all. Now, not only that, Coal is very expensive to mine and transport. It's also obviously very polluting. We're kind of beating a dead horse here, but both with it creates a lot of greenhouse gases with CO2 and then toxic coal ash, especially when you compare it to completely clean technologies like wind and solar. And the reality is coal's not getting cheaper, and it's not getting cleaner, and the competition keeps getting better and better. Now, don't take it from me. Don't take it from the energy geeks. Don't take it from the solar and wind people. Let's take it from Excel Energy, which is one of the biggest utilities in the country. They're now paying $15 a megawatt hour for wind. Now, that's like the wholesale price at the wind plant. They're paying $25 per megawatt hour for solar and $31 per megawatt hour for solar combined with storage. Let's look at solar combined with storage. $31 per megawatt hour. Let's put that into dollars per kilowatt hour, like you get billed on your bill. That's 3 cents one is how much... Xcel Energy is paying right now for systems that are putting in to combine solar and storage. Now, if you're in one of the Xcel Energy areas, like Colorado, you're probably paying 15 or 20 cents per kilowatt hour for electricity. But they're generating that new electricity at less than 3.1 cents a kilowatt hour. That's with storage. Okay. Now, I was kind of looking around for, you know, what kind of new coal plants are going in. I couldn't find a single new coal plant that's being constructed in the U.S., So they've all been taken off the drawing board. It's kind of too bad for the people who are expecting to see a resurgence in coal. We're going to end up shipping that coal overseas to China if they're going to buy it. China's probably going to put a tariff on it. It's going to make it even more expensive. So example, Southern Company and Mississippi Power announced that they'll be turning their clean coal power plant into a natural gas power plant. So that didn't work. Kemper County Power Plant in Mississippi, this was the largest clean coal project in the U.S. And we did a show on this a year or two ago. Kemper hoped that the coal plant would be a major part of our future clean energy sources. They could have clean coal, and it would be coupled with low-carbon sources like renewables and nuclear. Their dream would be that they can make clean coal, and you know, so you're still going to have nuclear. They love nuclear. They'll have renewables because they're building renewable plants. But I'm going to put it in plain English. What Kemper came to the conclusion of is the best way to build a clean coal power plant in the U.S. is to use natural gas as the fuel instead. In other words, they came to the conclusion that they can't figure out how to do clean coal. And I've always been saying that you can have clean coal... You can have cheap coal, but you can't have clean and cheap coal. It's just too expensive to clean up the emissions from coal. It's thermodynamically impossible. Alright, what about nuclear? Nuclear power was going to be too cheap to meter. Now, originally, it was very cost-effective, but you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, we didn't have the safety programs in place It's made nuclear more expensive. And you know, we didn't have cheap natural gas. We had oil and coal. And we also didn't have renewables. So what's happened with nuclear... Is the construction costs of these nuclear plants have gone way up? Primarily because of the safety considerations. It's the safety considerations of nuclear fuel throughout the fuel cycle. It's you know from the mining to purification of the nuclear fuel into the reactor fuels, into maintaining the plant, into taking the waste fuels and storing it. Really expensive, and then all the safety considerations because we've had a number of disasters. I mean, just a a few weeks ago there was another Japanese earthquake, and it it caused a, a plant to shut down. And this nuclear plant has backup diesel power. But if that backup diesel power fails, the reactor could go into a a catastrophic situation. It's right, so hard to completely solve these problems with nuclear. And With these nuclear plants, it takes 20 or more years to build a plant. The last one that was finished is something called Watts Bar 2 Reactor. It's a good plant. It's a safe plant. It costs $4.7 billion. It's 1.16 megawatts. It's probably going to be the last nuclear plant built in the U.S. There's still some on the drawing board. I don't think they're going to happen. Reasons: costs for uranium are up. Operating costs for these plants—they're pretty high. You need a lot of people running them. Decommissioning costs are extremely high. Here's an example: California is going to spend three point six billion dollars to shut down the California Diablo Canyon plant. So, and, and this is a, this is called decommissioning. You shut it down, you turn it off, and you have this plant that's been there for 20, 30, 40 years, and the fuel is still on site. All of the reactor components have been irradiated, so they're reactive, they're radioactive. You have to find a way to kind of clean these things up. It's going to take 10, in some cases, 20 years to completely decommission a plant. I don't know, maybe they'll build apartment buildings there or some kind of park 20 years from now. I wouldn't want to live there. I wouldn't want my kids to be playing there until you know we're really sure that things cleaned up. So you know, here's an example. William Van Hone, he's a senior vice president and chief strategy officer at Exelon, another one of the country's biggest utilities. He said that he doesn't foresee any new nuclear plants being built in the United States due to their high operating costs. So we're hearing the same thing about nuclear as has happened to coal. It's just too expensive to operate these. Now, the nuclear fuel isn't expensive, but just all the, the safety considerations, all the people, all the maintenance that's required on a nuclear plant that adds up to those costs, and that has to be reflected in the rates. All right, here's another plane. This a couple that are under construction. The Scana Corporation summer plant in South Carolina started construction 10 years ago in 2008. The projected cost was $9.8 billion for two units. The current cost for these two units is expected to be $13 billion. It's not going to be completed until 2020. Last year, they stopped construction on this plant. Westinghouse Electric filed for bankruptcy. They're building. They, it was their technology is the Westinghouse 1000 reactor. It's like so a new, great reactor. It's just turning out to take too long to build. Another example, the Southern Corp Vogley plan, that's hard to pronounce. It's in Georgia. It was started in two thousand six. The plan for that was fourteen billion dollars for two units. I mean, yeah, they signed off on it twelve years ago. Okay, it's gonna cost us fourteen billion dollars for two years ago. The current cost estimate is twenty-one billion dollars, also expected to be completed in a, at least two more years, twenty twenty. And the Department of Energy gave them an eight point three billion dollar loan guarantee to Georgia Power Light to get this plant completed. Now, Plants $10 billion, almost $10 billion over budget of, uh, so far. If this la- if this plant has completed, the Vogtle plant in Georgia, it'll be the last nuclear plant built in the U.S. So coal is out. Nuclear is out. It's just too expensive. Now, what about natural gas? Here's where it gets really weird for utilities. Natural gas is on the same path as coal and nuclear when it comes to the cost of the electricity it's going to be delivered. The costs are not going down, and the renewables keep getting cheaper. So even natural gas is destined to become more expensive than renewables coupled with battery storage. Okay, now, utilities have been transitioning to natural gas for over 20 years it's the cheapest cleanest fossil fuel. According to the Rocky Mountain Institute, there's 110 gigawatts of gas projects that have been announced for construction in the US through 2025. Now, these plants and the additional pipelines because these gas plants need pipelines to feed them are going to come with a 112 billion dollar price tag. So the rush to build these gas plants comes as utilities say, hey, we need more power generation capacity. But at the same time, the costs for wind, solar, and battery storage keep falling. And they're falling enough to give natural gas a run for their money right now. So RMI conducted a case study of four natural gas power power plants currently proposed for construction across the country. Now, in three of these four cases... The optimized portfolio of renewable energy and other clean resources could replace the gas plants at a lower cost. In other words, 75% of the time, renewables and storage could go cheaper than the natural gas. In the fourth scenario, they found that the clean energy portfolio is going to cost 6% more. Now, here's the thing. This is at the current cost for these clean energy projects, solar Wind storage and don't include a price on carbon. Now, if RMI factored in a modest $7.50 per ton cost of CO2, so carbon tax, and expected price declines for solar, wind, and storage. These clean energy generators are cheaper than gas in all cases. So basically, they came to the conclusion that clean energy options were generally superior economically versus both combined cycle gas plants and combustion turbines. Now, these combined cycle gas plants are like the most efficient way to generate power. They have multiple stages. They're able to recapture the waste heat, and they're still able to generate power from that waste heat. Combustion turbines, these are smaller, and they're used as peaker plants. We use these peaker plants maybe in the afternoons when there's just you know a, a very rapid peak. You don't have time to power up another plant. They don't run that often, and they run during times of higher demand. So it's, you just kind of hear what they're saying, that even peaker plants don't pay back compared to uh, wind, solar, and storage. Now these gas projects are getting risky. The utilities are putting them in. They're worried about them becoming, as I mentioned, stranded assets. And these stranded assets are—they put something in. They think it's going to be cheap. They plan it. They can't—they can't back out of the contract. They put it in. And they turn out, gee, it's too expensive to run these plants. I mean, what's going to happen if there's going to be a tax on carbon? Tax on carbon. Eh, well, it's not going to happen this year, but it might happen in five years. And suddenly, that tax on carbon makes these even clean natural relatively clean natural gas plants not cost effective. So what's happening is we're seeing a really fast change. It's a theory, but when you kind of put it into practice, it's happening. The theory that wind, solar and storage are going to be cheaper than even natural gas. Now, California is actually putting this theory into practice. We're kind of, you know, over here on the left coast at the bleeding edge. In 2018 the California Public Utilities Commission authorized the biggest utility in the state PG&E to start procuring Energy storage or preferred resources, so it's not just energy storage, but also demand response or distributed solar, to ensure local reliability in areas previously served by three of the gas plants owned by Calpine. Now, one of these plants is the 605 megawatt Metcalf Energy Center in South San Jose. This was a really big deal when this plant opened in 2005. I remember I was very active in the solar industry back then and active with the Silicon Valley Leadership Group, and we toured that plant. It was really impressive impressive it was right off of 101 they had natural gas coming in and this was basically powering the, the explosive growth that was continuing to happen and continues to happen in the southern part of silicon valley what they found is it's just not cost effective anymore new resources and they're talking about the resources being wind solar storage demand response can be aggregated It must be available by 2019, next year, if they're feasible and at a reasonable cost to ratepayers. So, in other words, the California Public Utilities Commission said, it's time to start shutting these plants down because these new clean energy technologies are cheaper. Now, all right, so let's kind of look at what some of these plants are doing. Peaker plants, these combustion turbines, they wind up when the duck curve is at its peak in the afternoon, or they wind up when it may be a really, really hot day. Well, what the research is showing is that these peaker plants are the easiest one to replace with batteries. I mean, they're providing a a peak jolt of electricity when you need it. If you have a really big storage battery, these storage batteries, no moving parts, super clean, super easy to operate, they're going to work. So when RMI looked at these studies, they found that in four years, call it 2022, storage would be competitive with peaker plants. And in 10 years, in every single case in 10 years, storage would be cheaper than these peaker plants. And you have to remember, it takes four years to build these plants, or you know, maybe three years. So there's no doubt that it's a dead end even to put in some of these combustion turbine peaker plants. All right. So very, very significantly, this summer, PGE. Utility, the biggest utility in in the state, made four recommendations to replace their existing natural gas plants. They've got four plants that they're, they're kind of saying, all right, we're going to get rid of these natural gas plants, and I have a lot of respect for PG&E. They are absolutely stars when it comes to leadership in the utility industry of transitioning to clean fuels. There are no coal plants. They've decommissioned their nuclear plants. And now they're even, with these examples, starting to take down their natural gas plants. Monterey County installation, they're going to put a 300 megawatt this is power. So there's a battery with inverters that can put out 300 megawatts of peak power for four hours. And that's that duration. That's the amount of energy in the battery. I'm going to do the quick math here. That's a 1200 megawatt hour battery. I'm sure there's extra capacity in there, but that's just on the average. They're expecting that system is going to enter service in December of 2020, two years from now. And it's going to have a 20-year contract. So Monterey County, south of San Jose, they've got a big battery that's going to go in to replace an existing natural gas plant. Santa Clara County is going to put in a 75-megawatt, four-hour duration battery that's also going to enter service in about two years and that's going to operate under a 50 year contract. So so PG&E is buying these things and it's got them contractually obligated. They're going to put a 10-megawatt, four-hour duration storage system that's going to be bundled from a a number of different customer sites. And this is kind of a, a cool way of doing it. There's some companies, one of the companies is Swell, that are bundling a lot of behind-the-meter batteries. I mean, you know, Solar Edge is talking about doing this. Sunrun's talking about doing this, and there are other merchant companies like Stem and AMS that are also starting to do this. So that's 10 megawatt hours. Obviously, not that big, but it's a start. And basically, these. Contracts are going to be sucking power out of business and consumer batteries under a contract that's agreed to by the customer. And these systems could start operating in as few as about a year. Now, it's all kind of new. It's going to be tested. That's why it's only 10 megawatts. But we'll see what happens with that. And I got a lot of enthusiasm on how that could work out. You just imagine you have a thousand homes in a neighborhood. They all have battery storage systems. And there may be a peak power demand. And there's a signal that goes out to all these batteries saying, let's send some of the power from the battery out to the grid. And there's going to be a contract with the customer so that they're going to get compensated fairly with that. The way the economics work is it's cheaper for the utility to pay the homeowner that has the battery than for them to invest in a whole battery plant. That's very, very cool. All right, last example, 182.5 megawatt array with a 4 hour discharge duration at a PG&E substation in Monterey County. This is another system. I think this might be one of the Tesla projects. So, you know, once again, that thing's going to be running in 2 years. These battery projects go in really fast. It's not like they have to really break ground and dig natural gas lines and and put in a lot of transmission equipment. They're replacing existing plants. They don't need new natural gas. The equipment basically gets delivered on some trailers. It's a really nice easy to do turnkey thing. So, what's the rationale? to install new solar combined with storage of natural gas plants? Well, here's the thing. It takes about five years to build a natural gas power plant. So if you start now, the thing's not going to be running until like 2023, 2024. <laughs> Is natural gas going to be cheaper? Is the fuel going to be cheaper? Probably not. Are the construction costs going to be much cheaper? Probably not. There's a lot of equipment and metal and things like that. It's old-fashioned engineering. You don't have the, the benefits of new technologies that are going to be evolved. So it's not going to get a lot cheaper. Will solar and storage be much cheaper by then? Almost definitely, not to mention much cleaner. We're still seeing a nice decline in the cost of rooftop solar and utility-scale solar, and we're seeing a really rapid decline in the cost of batteries. So what's our future power plant mix going to be? First, the transition to wind, solar, and batteries is going to happen all around the U.S., but it's going to happen at different paces. The places where electricity is really expensive, where you have a lot of sun, they're switching over first. California, Hawaii. And then gradually, most of the rest of the country is going to switch over. I mean, even if you're in a a cold area and there's a lot of snow, it's still going to be cheaper. We're seeing how those states are transitioning to to solar and wind, and that's the same thing going to happen on the utility side. The second thing, another transition is happening behind-the-meter solar and storage are getting more and more cost-effective compared to conventional utility power. This is grid defection. It's not like people are going to defect from the grid right away, but they're going to put these systems in, and they're going to just draw less power from the grid. Load defection. This trend's not going to stop, and we're going to see cheaper and cheaper power, and actually, candidly, from what we're seeing with our customers at Cinnamon Energy Systems, these battery and solar systems, they're operating more reliably than utility. A lot of people are putting these things in because they're just sick of the utility outages the trend's not going to stop okay that's all the time we have on this week's energy show thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in and if you miss any of today's show you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcast